0: You are now tuned into World War II Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, and I'm here to take you on a journey through the whirlwind of historical events that shaped our world and defined generations. Stay tuned every Tuesday and Thursday as we delve into the riveting, inspiring, and sometimes tragic stories from World War II. We'll meet the brave men and women who stood up to tyranny. We'll explore clandestine operations and daring escapes and we will pay tribute to the resilience of the human spirit in times of extreme adversity. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast focusing on World War I, the conflict that set the stage for the global turmoil that followed. Use the link in the description below. In the heart of Italy, the rugged landscape of Anzio was once the site of an ancient Roman city. Its quiet coastal beauty belied a violent past for this was the scene of one of the most significant battles of the Second World War, a confrontation that would reverberate through the ages and change the course of history. The Battle of Anzio, part of the larger conflict known as Operation Shingle, was an audacious plan conceived in the war-torn capitals of the Allied nations. The goal was to penetrate the formidable German defenses, known as the Winter Line, and strike directly at the heart of fascist Italy, Rome itself. The plan was as daring as it was fraught with danger. It required the skill and courage of thousands of soldiers, sailors, and airmen from the United States, Britain, Canada, and other allied nations. The story of the Battle of Anzio is more than a tale of military strategy and battlefield heroics. It's a human drama of perseverance in the face of overwhelming odds. Of comradeship forged under fire, of impossible choices and devastating consequences. It involves key figures whose decisions would shape not only the outcome of the battle, but also the course of the war and, in many ways, the world we inhabit today. Join us on this journey back to those dark and desperate days of early 1944, when the fate of the free world hung in the balance. Let's explore the plans and hopes, the fears and struggles the victories and losses of those who were part of the Battle of Anzio. Let's remember, and let's learn from, this pivotal chapter in our shared history. For the echoes of Anzio resonate still, reminding us of the courage, sacrifice, and resolve it takes to safeguard our freedoms and shape our destiny. Chapter 1. The Seeds of Battle Our journey into the heart of the Battle of Anzio begins with Operation Shingle, an audacious plan conceived in the power corridors of the Allied forces. The labyrinthine architecture of the Pentagon and the austere halls of the War Office in London buzzed with strategic fervor. A daunting objective took shape to bypass the near-impenetrable German fortifications, the Winter Line, and hit the enemy where they least expected Rome, the symbolic heart of fascist Italy a distinguished roster of leaders stood at the helm of this high-stakes venture. Foremost among them was Winston Churchill, Britain's indomitable prime minister. Known for his rousing speeches and unyielding resolve, Churchill sought a swift and decisive resolution to the Italian campaign. Across the Atlantic, General Dwight D. Eisenhower, the supreme commander of the Allied forces, lent his strategic prowess to the operation. Their collaborative efforts were entrusted to General Harold Alexander, the man chosen to command the Allied armies in Italy. However, Operation Shingle wasn't just a brainchild of high-ranking officials. It was also the commitment of countless brave soldiers ready to risk everything. Men in the prime of their youth huddled aboard landing crafts, their faces hardened by the grim knowledge of the task that lay ahead. The air was filled with a tense silence broken only by the lapping waves and the distant rumbling of artillery. Meanwhile, in the silent chambers of German high command, a Predator lay in wait. Field Marshal Albert Kesselring, a man known for his military acumen and strategic ingenuity, anticipated the Allies' move. His eyes were firmly set on Anzio, where he predicted the Allies would attempt to outflank the winter line. Would Kesselring be the anvil against which Operation Shingle would shatter? Only time could tell. As the day of assault drew nearer, the Allied forces, teeming with cautious optimism, braced themselves for the battle. In the shadowy pre-dawn hours of January 22, 1944, the beaches of Anzio woke to the sounds of thunderous artillery. It wasn't nature's fury, but man's. Operation Shingle had begun. A storm of men and machines hit the beach. Under a sky streaked with tracer rounds, the landing crafts disgorged wave after wave of determined soldiers onto the sands of Anzio. Their footsteps, muffled by the din of battle, were the first echoes of an operation that would shape the trajectory of World War II. Their objective was clear Rome, the Eternal City, awaited liberation. The Battle of Anzio was underway and there was no turning back. In the strategy rooms where the fate of nations was decided, a few key figures stood at the helm. At the forefront of this elite cadre was British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, known for his unbending resolve. To Churchill, Operation Shingle was more than a military endeavor, it was a symbol of the indomitable spirit of free nations against the dark tide of fascism. Across the Atlantic, another leader was carefully assessing the Italian theater. General Dwight D. Eisenhower, with his calm demeanor and razor-sharp mind, had already gained a reputation as a brilliant military strategist. He viewed Operation Shingle not just as a gamble to outflank the German defenses but also as a calculated risk to draw enemy forces away from the impending D-Day invasion in France. However, it was General Harold Alexander— commander of the Allied armies in Italy, who faced the daunting task of turning strategic blueprints into a reality on the ground. A man of refined taste and courage, Alexander was known for his cool-headed leadership. As he readied his troops for the battle ahead, he grappled with the scale of his responsibility. For him, each man under his command was more than a soldier, they were the sons, husbands, and fathers who had entrusted their lives to his decisions. Yet, their formidable plans did not go unnoticed. In the cold corridors of the German command, Field Marshal Albert Kesselring studied the Allied movements with hawk-like vigilance. A seasoned military tactician, Kesselring had already earned the grudging respect of his adversaries. He had one goal in mind, to turn Anzio into a trap that would bleed the Allies dry. Unbeknownst to him, a great struggle awaited, where every decision could tip the scales between victory and defeat. The stage was set, and the players were ready. The strategy rooms fell silent, their maps and models mere echoes of the chaos about to unfold thousands of miles away. As the soldiers prepared to face the horrors of war, their leaders shared the burden of their courage and the weight of their fears. The Battle of Anzio was not just a clash of armies, it was a test of wills, Where great leaders were measured not just by their strategic brilliance but also by the empathy they held for those under their command. As the Allies fine tuned Operation Shingle across enemy lines, anticipation was building. The Axis forces were not sitting idle, far from it. The imposing figure leading them, Field Marshal Albert Kesselring, was already on high alert. Known for his uncanny ability to anticipate his opponent's moves, Kesselring had a sixth sense for battle. Kesselring was no ordinary commander. A seasoned veteran of World War I, he had risen through the ranks of the German military with a reputation for strategic brilliance. He had a profound understanding of the complexities of warfare, which extended beyond the immediate theater of war. His military acumen was complemented by an almost intuitive ability to read the terrain and predict enemy maneuvers. This old warhorse was no stranger to Italy's rugged landscape, having overseen the establishment of the formidable winter line. Now, as he gazed out at the cold, grey waters of the Tyrrhenian Sea, he sensed an imminent storm. The Allies would not let Italy remain under the yoke of fascism for long. Rome was too tempting a prize. Kesselring's anticipation took on a tangible form as he ordered a reinforcement of the Anzio region. The serene beaches, with their gently swaying palms and placid waves, were transformed into a formidable bulwark. Concrete bunkers, machine-gun nests, and artillery emplacements sprouted like menacing metal mushrooms, turning the tranquil coastal area into a deadly defensive line. He knew the game of war was a deadly dance between attack and defense, between action and anticipation. As the Allies plotted their audacious assault on Anzio, Kesselring and his men waited with bated breath. Would the Allied landing force crash against their defenses like a wave against a cliff, or would the Germans find themselves embroiled in a battle they could not win? Only time would reveal the outcome of this deadly game of anticipation and strategy. Chapter 2 The Assault Begins The hushed anticipation was palpable as the first rays of dawn brushed the skies over Anzio on January 22, 1944. A flotilla of landing crafts, laden with men and machinery, bobbed like toy boats against the vast canvas of the Tyrrhenian Sea. Each soldier, crammed in the claustrophobic belly of the crafts, was a cog in the giant wheel of Operation Shingle. As the vessels lurched forward, The men braced for the battle that awaited on the shore. At the helm of this colossal operation was Major General John P. Lucas. A seasoned and pragmatic commander, Lucas was fully aware of the monumental task ahead. He knew that the success of the operation hinged on the element of surprise, a window of opportunity that was rapidly closing. As the crafts hit the beach, the men spilled out like a steel tide, their bayonets gleaming in the morning light. Amidst the roar of landing engines and the thunderous boom of artillery, the once peaceful shores of Anzio became a vortex of chaos and grit. Yet, the soldiers pressed on, driven by a cocktail of adrenaline, fear, and the echoing words of their leaders. What they encountered next was as unexpected as it was eerie. The Germans were nowhere in sight. The beach, fortified like a steel behemoth, lay oddly silent. This lack of resistance was as confounding as it was suspicious. Where was Kesselring's vaunted defense? Despite the lack of immediate opposition, Lucas remained cautious. Rather than charging forth to exploit the surprising absence of German forces, he opted for a more defensive stance. To him, safeguarding the beachhead and establishing a strong foothold was more critical than an overambitious charge towards Rome. While Lucas's decisions would later become a subject of controversy, on that strange and unopposed morning, the first objectives of Operation Shingle were achieved. The men of the Allied forces had landed, the beachhead at Anzio had been secured, and the stage was set for the grueling struggle that would soon follow. Little did they know that their test of courage was just beginning. The eerie silence that greeted the Allied soldiers on the beaches of Anzio was both a relief and a puzzle. Major General Lucas, the man chosen to lead this daring operation, found himself in an unexpected dilemma. He knew well that in war, surprises were rarely cause for celebration. Lucas, a seasoned military man, had spent his life in the service of his country. His career was built on a foundation of caution and pragmatism. He understood the significance of the task given to him to break through the German defenses and open the road to Rome. However, he also knew the heavy price of haste in the theater of war. Faced with the abandoned beach, Lucas was suspicious. Could this be a trap set by Kesselring, luring the Allies into a false sense of security before springing his forces onto them? Or was it merely a fortuitous circumstance that they should exploit? These questions plagued Lucas as he pondered his next move. A more daring commander might have seized the moment, pushing his forces towards Rome while the German resistance was mysteriously absent. However, Lucas was no gambler. He feared that overextending his forces would expose them to a counterattack that could wipe out the entire beachhead. Thus, Lucas chose to fortify. His men dug into the beaches creating a robust defense line to repel any potential German counterattack. The sound of shovels biting into the sandy soil mixed with the distant, sporadic echoes of artillery fire as the soldiers worked under the constant shadow of an imminent attack. While this decision seemed sound to Lucas, it was not met with universal approval. Many of his contemporaries, including his superiors, viewed it as unnecessary hesitation that squandered a golden opportunity. However, on the ground, where the smell of salt water mixed with the acrid scent of spent ammunition, caution was not a vice, it was a necessity. Ultimately, Lucas's hesitation at Anzio became one of the defining moments of the battle. The ensuing controversy would leave an indelible mark on his career and the history of World War II. Yet, It also serves as a poignant reminder of the burden of command and the difficult decisions made in the crucible of war. As the Allied forces hunkered down on the beaches of Anzio, the absence of the enemy was replaced by an uncanny sense of anticipation. Major General Lucas's hesitation had given the German forces valuable time to regroup and respond. Like a coiled spring, the Axis troops were gathering strength, preparing to strike back with lethal force. Unbeknownst to the Allies, Field Marshal Albert Kesselring was masterfully orchestrating a deadly counterstroke. From the elegant corridors of his headquarters, he issued a flurry of commands, each designed to bring the full might of the German army down upon the intruders at Anzio. In these crucial hours, Kesselring's strategic prowess came to the fore. His orders were crisp and precise, his anticipation of the enemy's moves almost clairvoyant. The German forces, steeled by his unwavering leadership, prepared to unleash a storm of steel and fire. Just north of the beachhead, the usually peaceful Italian countryside became a hive of military activity. The serene olive groves and vineyards were transformed into makeshift staging areas. Armored columns rumbled down narrow country roads, while troops poured into the region like a dark tide. It seemed as if every spare German soldier in Italy was being funneled towards Anzio. From his vantage point at the beachhead, Lucas could only watch this gathering storm with grim determination. He knew that his decision to fortify the beachhead would soon be put to the test. His men, still weary from the initial landing, prepared themselves for the inevitable clash. As the first thunderous notes of German artillery echoed across the beaches of Anzio, Lucas's worst fears were realized. The German counterattack had begun. The skies turned dark with the smoke of incessant shelling, and the once tranquil beach became a gruesome tableau of destruction. The true test of Operation Shingle had arrived, and the outcome would prove pivotal to the fate of World War II. Chapter 3 The Battle Rages the calm that had enveloped the beaches of Anzio in the initial days after the landings was shattered by the deadly symphony of German artillery. Kesselring, the man behind this relentless barrage, was ready to test the fortifications of Lucas's men. The moment of the 1st counterattacks had arrived. The German response was ferocious. The Italian countryside, earlier a picture of tranquility, now echoed with the rumbling of tanks the roar of guns, and the battle cries of German soldiers. They came in waves, hurling themselves against the Allied defenses with relentless determination. At the heart of this steel tide was General Eberhard von Mackensen, one of Kesselring's trusted commanders. A veteran of many battles, his reputation for ruthless efficiency preceded him. He led his men from the front, his steely gaze fixed on the distant beachhead a testament to the indomitable German spirit. Lucas and his men, entrenched in their makeshift defenses, braced for impact. Their hearts pounded in unison with the rhythm of approaching tanks, their hands clenched tightly around their weapons. Every soldier was acutely aware that the outcome of the coming onslaught would shape the course of the war. When the clash came, it was cataclysmic the first German tanks smashed into the Allied defenses like sledgehammers, their guns belching fire. Behind them, columns of German infantry followed, their shouts a chilling battle hymn amidst the cacophony. However, the Allied soldiers held their ground. Despite the terrifying display of German might, they fought with a resilience that only free men defending a noble cause can muster. Bullets sang their deadly serenade as Allied guns answered the German advance. The air turned thick with smoke and the acrid smell of gunpowder, a grim testament to the intensity of the battle. While the first German counterattacks were brutal, the beach had held. Lucas's decision to fortify the beaches had withstood its initial test. Yet, the ferocity of the German response signaled that the Battle of Anzio was far from over. In the days that followed, the beachhead would face a trial by fire, one that would test the very limits of human endurance. The days following the first German counterattacks were a blur of endless firefights and nerve-racking tension. The Allied beachhead at Anzio, like an island of steel and sand amidst the sea of conflict, held firm against the German onslaught. What had begun as a swift amphibious operation was evolving into a gritty display of trench warfare. Both sides dug in, etching a complex network of trenches and fortifications into the Italian soil. The once idyllic landscape was now marred by the ugly scars of war, a testament to the brutal stalemate that Anzio had become. In these trenches, thousands of soldiers from both sides waited, their lives hanging on the order to advance or hold. Major General Lucas, despite the constant strain of maintaining the beachhead, remained steadfast. His eyes, hardened by the horrors of war, watched over the men in his command. His decision to hold and fortify was now under the microscope of military scrutiny. Yet, he couldn't afford the luxury of doubt, his focus was the preservation of his men and their foothold on the Italian peninsula. Across the lines, Field Marshal Kesselring and General von Mackensen wrestled with their own challenges. The robust resistance put up by the Allies had thwarted their attempts to dislodge them from Anzio. Yet, they knew that they could ill afford a prolonged stalemate. Their focus turned to breaking the deadlock, and they started amassing forces for what was to be a decisive strike. Life in the trenches was a harsh reality for soldiers on both sides. Every day was a cocktail of brief, fierce skirmishes followed by long periods of eerie silence. The threat of an enemy artillery barrage or an unexpected infantry charge hung over their heads like a deadly specter. They lived and fought in close quarters, their lives reduced to the primal rhythm of survival. The Battle of Anzio was slowly turning into a grinding war of attrition, a testament to the willpower and tenacity of the soldiers. Each day that passed saw the price of this stalemate being paid in the currency of human lives. Yet, the beach had held and the stage was set for the decisive confrontations that would ultimately decide the fate of Anzio and possibly the entire Italian campaign. The stalemate at Anzio was about to shatter. The silence of the trenches, punctuated by occasional skirmishes and artillery duels, gave way to a series of major confrontations that would define the Battle of Anzio. One of the first decisive engagements took place in the hauntingly beautiful caves of Pozzolana. In these subterranean labyrinths, a vital supply point for the Allies, an intense and close-quarter fight, unfolded. Allied soldiers, led by the indefatigable Captain William Kehoe, successfully repelled waves of German stormtroopers. The clatter of gunfights echoed in the cold, damp caves, interspersed with the grim shouts and cries of the combatants. The defense of Pozzolana was a hard-fought victory that underscored the Allies' tenacity. In the meantime, Kesselring was orchestrating a major counteroffensive, codenamed Operation Fishfang. Thousands of German troops, tanks, and artillery pieces converged on the beleaguered beachhead. The ferocity of the German attack was unparalleled, the sky aflame with tracer bullets, the ground shaking under the thunderous onslaught. Despite the intensity of the German offensive, the Allied soldiers held their ground. In the midst of this relentless assault, a heroic figure emerged from the ranks of the Allies. Colonel William O. Darby, leader of the famed Darby's Rangers, led a daring countercharge. His audacious move, backed by a barrage from Allied naval guns offshore, blunted the German offensive, inflicting significant casualties. As the dust settled from Operation Fishfang, the battle weary soldiers knew they had weathered a significant storm. Their defiance had not only held the line but also dealt a demoralizing blow to the German forces. Despite the scale and intensity of these confrontations, no decisive victory was achieved by either side. The Allied beachhead, though battered, was still intact, while the German forces, though depleted, continued to pose a formidable threat. The Battle of Anzio, instead of reaching a conclusive climax, was extending into a grueling war of attrition, an endurance test for both the defenders and attackers. Chapter 4, Breakout and Victory As the Battle of Anzio trudged on with no decisive outcome in sight, a new plan was being hatched far from the trench-riddled beaches. Operation Diadem, a grand strategic offensive, was being planned to finally break the deadlock and push towards Rome. General Harold Alexander, the charismatic Allied commander in the Mediterranean, was the man chosen to spearhead this ambitious operation. Known for his strategic acumen and cool-headedness under pressure, Alexander was tasked with the ultimate goal, the capture of Rome. Operation Diadem called for a massive push against the German Gustav line further south, a formidable defensive position that had proven a thorn in the Allies' side. The aim was twofold, break the Gustav line forcing the Germans to draw their resources away from Anzio and exploit this distraction to break out from the beachhead. The operation kicked off in the early hours of May 11, 1944. A barrage of artillery fire, akin to a tempest of steel and flame, signaled the beginning of the offensive. This opening act was followed by a massive surge of infantry and tanks, throwing themselves against the entrenched German lines. The scale of the assault was staggering, dwarfing all previous skirmishes and confrontations at the Gustav Line. As the Allied forces strained against the German defenses, Major General Lucian K. Truscott, now leading the forces at Anzio after Lucas was relieved, received the order he had been waiting for. The forces at Anzio were to break out and join the main offensive, exploiting the chaos caused by Operation Diadem. Under Truscott's leadership, the soldiers at Anzio stirred from their defensive positions. For months they had held their ground, bearing the brunt of German attacks, and now, the moment to seize the initiative had come. The static warfare of the past was about to give way to a dynamic and audacious thrust towards Rome. The story of Operation Diadem was about to unfold, promising to end the painful stalemate at Anzio. As the men readied themselves for the impending action, The quiet anticipation of the past was replaced by a palpable sense of purpose. The Battle of Anzio was reaching its final act, the outcome of which would have a profound impact on the course of the war. As Operation Diadem raged on, Truscott's troops were stirred into action. The long months of trench warfare, the endless waiting, and the relentless German attacks had all led to this pivotal moment, the breakout. As dawn broke over Anzio on May 23, 1944, the men stirred from their entrenched positions, their hearts pounding with a mix of anxiety and excitement. Truscott, their commander, a man known for his pragmatic leadership, stood at the helm of this decisive operation. He knew the responsibility that lay on his shoulders to succeed where others had stalled. Aided by a blanket of heavy artillery fire, Truscott's men surged forward, their battle cries punctuating the morning air. The static lines that had defined the beachhead for months suddenly came alive with movement. Tanks rumbled forward, infantry charged, and the breakout from Anzio had begun. Across the lines, the German forces were caught off guard. Stretched thin by the simultaneous offensive against the Gustav line and unable to repel this unexpected onslaught, Their defenses started to crumble. Field Marshal Kesselring, despite his strategic genius, was unable to turn the tide. The breakout was not without its sacrifices. The battlefield was a grisly tableau of destruction and death. But amid the chaos, stories of bravery emerged. Private Charles Jenkins, a young infantryman, dashed across a minefield to secure a vital position, his bravery inspiring his comrades and embodying the Allied spirit. After days of intense fighting, Truscott's forces broke free from the German stranglehold around Anzio. Their courageous charge, coupled with the successful offensive against the Gustav line, finally allowed the Allies to burst forth from their beachhead. As the dust settled, Truscott and his men looked back at the ravaged landscape of Anzio, a brutal reminder of their hard-fought journey. Ahead of them lay the road to Rome, the prize they had so long yearned for. The breakout had succeeded, turning the tide of the Battle of Anzio, and propelling the Allies a significant step closer to the heart of fascist Italy. The breakout from Anzio, a hard-fought triumph, had paved the way to Rome, the Eternal City. What was once a distant goal, a beacon of hope in the grueling Italian campaign, was now within the Allies' grasp. Yet, the final march towards the city promised to be anything but easy. On June 4, 1944, a mere fortnight after the breakout, the outskirts of Rome were alive with the rumble of tanks and the march of determined men. General Truscott, leading from the front, was well aware of the significance of this moment. He knew that the capture of Rome would not only be a military victory but also a potent symbol of the crumbling Axis hold on Europe. Despite the heavy toll of the Italian campaign, the spirits of the Allied soldiers were buoyed by the prospect of capturing Rome. Men like Sergeant John Bassalone, a Medal of Honor recipient, carried the resolve of these soldiers. His courage and leadership were a beacon for his fellow soldiers, urging them on towards their historic objective. As the Allies pushed towards Rome, they found the resistance from the German forces surprisingly thin. Field Marshal Kesselring, realizing the city was indefensible and fearing the destruction that a battle within Rome might bring, had ordered a strategic withdrawal to the north. Yet, scattered elements of German resistance still fought on, leading to sporadic firefights on the outskirts of the city. The first Allied units to enter the city were met with a mix of apprehension and joy from the Roman populace. The air was filled with the cacophony of tank tracks on cobbled streets, the shouts of soldiers, and the ringing of church bells. Amid this whirlwind of emotions and sensations, the reality started to sink, and Rome had been liberated. As Truscott and his men stood amid the ancient grandeur of Rome, they knew they had made history. The first Axis capital was now in Allied hands, marking a significant turning point in the war. Yet, even as they celebrated this milestone, they knew their journey was far from over. The war was still to be won, and the road ahead remained fraught with challenges. But for the moment, they allowed themselves to relish the sweet taste of victory, the capture of Rome, the crowning achievement of the Battle of Anzio. Chapter 5. The Broader Impact With Rome under Allied control, the dust of the Battle of Anzio had finally settled. The strategic gains and losses of the battle were now coming into sharp focus, providing a critical perspective on this crucial episode of the Italian campaign. On the Allied side, the capture of Rome was a significant strategic gain. Not only was it a major propaganda victory, being the first Axis capital to fall, but it also served as a stepping stone for the subsequent drive north towards the German heartland. Rome's airfields and ports would prove valuable logistical assets in the campaigns to come. Yet, the success did not come without heavy losses. Thousands of brave men had made the ultimate sacrifice on the beaches of Anzio and the roads to Rome. The human cost of the operation was steep, and it underscored the grim reality of the protracted Italian campaign. The hesitation at Anzio, marked by Lucas's initial conservative approach had perhaps prolonged the battle, inflating this tragic toll. For the Germans, the Battle of Anzio was a costly engagement. They had failed to dislodge the Allies from the beachhead, losing valuable manpower and equipment in the process. Kesselring, the astute German commander, saw his forces stretched thin, tying up resources that could have been used on other fronts. However, the strategic withdrawal from Rome showed the Germans' ability to adapt to the changing tide of war. Kesselring managed to preserve much of his forces for the battles to come, retreating to the Gothic line in northern Italy. This ensured that Italy remained a contested battleground long after the fall of Rome. As these strategic gains and losses were tallied, a picture began to emerge of the Battle of Anzio's place in the larger narrative of World War II. It was a story of costly victories and strategic retreats, of grand ambitions and painful sacrifices. The echoes of the Battle of Anzio were to reverberate through the closing chapters of the war, its lessons etched deeply into the annals of military history. In the grim theater of war, morale and propaganda played roles as crucial as tanks and soldiers. The Battle of Anzio and the subsequent capture of Rome were rich grounds for both. On the Allied side, the liberation of Rome was a significant morale booster. Soldiers who had slogged through the rugged Italian terrain and faced the fierce German resistance saw the fall of Rome as vindication of their sacrifices. From privates like Charles Jenkins to generals like Truscott, the sight of Rome, free from Axis control, fueled their determination to press on. At home, the capture of Rome was trumpeted as a testament to the Allies' resolve. Newspapers and radio broadcasts relayed tales of courage and perseverance, painting vivid pictures of triumphant soldiers marching through the streets of Rome. Men like Sergeant John Basalone, who had distinguished themselves on the battlefield, were hailed as heroes, their stories inspiring folks back home and boosting the public morale. The propaganda machine was also in full swing. The image of the Eternal City, free from fascist control, was a potent symbol. The strategic significance of Rome's capture, coupled with its historical and cultural importance, made it a powerful tool in the Allies' propaganda arsenal. For the Axis powers, the loss of Rome was a severe blow. It punctured the aura of invincibility that the Axis propaganda had so carefully cultivated. However, the German retreat to the formidable Gothic line in northern Italy was framed as a strategic maneuver, an attempt to preserve the morale of their forces and the home front. Propaganda, in these tumultuous times, was as much a weapon as any gun or tank. It shaped perceptions, bolstered spirits, and swayed public opinion. And in the context of the Battle of Anzio and the capture of Rome, it played a crucial role, highlighting victories masking defeats, and keeping the home fires burning in this most destructive of human endeavors. As the echoes of the Battle of Anzio and the subsequent capture of Rome faded, it was time to step back and look at the broader context, the big picture. What did the battle signify for the course of World War II and how did it influence the dynamic between the Allies and the Axis powers? The Battle of Anzio was more than just a struggle for a beachhead. It was a pivotal moment in the larger narrative of the Italian campaign. It underscored the Allies' intent to break through the underbelly of Europe, their resolve to liberate Italy and use it as a springboard to strike at the heart of Nazi Germany. The capture of Rome signified a shift in momentum. It was the first Axis capital to be liberated, a tangible sign of the crumbling Axis hold on Europe. For figures like Winston Churchill, Franklin D. Roosevelt, and Dwight Eisenhower, the victory at Rome provided a crucial boost, bolstering their case for the Italian campaign amidst debates and disputes about strategic focus. However, the victory at Anzio did not spell the end of the war in Italy. German forces, under the skilled leadership of Field Marshal Kesselring, had withdrawn to the formidable defenses of the Gothic line in northern Italy. The struggle was far from over and the Italian campaign would continue to be a theatre of grueling battles for months to come. Meanwhile, on the Eastern Front, the Soviet Union was pushing the German forces back, inching closer to Berlin. The Allied invasion of Normandy, a significant operation that had been launched just two days after Rome's liberation, was opening a new front in Western Europe. The Battle of Anzio was a key piece in this global jigsaw. It highlighted the interconnected nature of the war's various fronts and the multi-pronged strategy the Allies were employing to squeeze the Axis powers. The beachhead at Anzio, the liberated streets of Rome, were all part of a broader strategic tapestry, a big picture that extended far beyond the shores of Italy and would ultimately shape the outcome of World War II. Chapter 6. The Legacy of Anzio War, in its Harshest Reality is a tale of casualties and heroism. The Battle of Anzio, a grueling episode in the annals of World War II, bore witness to both in equal measure. The casualties at Anzio were staggering. Over the course of the four-month-long battle, the Allies suffered around 43,000 casualties, including 7,000 men who made the ultimate sacrifice. The Germans, too, bore heavy losses, with estimates suggesting around 40,000 casualties. The sheer scale of these losses was a grim testament to the ferocity of the conflict. Every foot of the beachhead, every inch of the road to Rome was paid for in blood and tears. Yet, amid the grim statistics, individual tales of bravery and sacrifice shone through. Stories of heroism that not only highlighted the human capacity for courage in the face of adversity but also served to inspire those who were part of the continuing struggle. Sergeant John Bassalone, a Medal of Honor recipient who had already made a name for himself in the Pacific Theater, was one such hero. His leadership under fire, his resolve in the face of adversity became the stuff of legends. His story became a beacon of courage for his fellow soldiers and those back home. Another figure of valor was Lieutenant Colonel Lawrence C. Shifty Thomas, a battalion commander in the 180th Infantry Regiment. Despite being wounded in action, Thomas refused evacuation and continued to lead his men with unwavering determination. His heroism earned him a Distinguished Service Cross and the enduring respect of his men. Yet, for every known hero, there were countless unnamed ones. Soldiers who fought bravely, often paying the ultimate price, without the expectation of recognition or glory. Their acts of courage, however unseen, were no less significant in shaping the outcome of the Battle of Anzio. These stories of casualties and heroism offer a stark yet inspiring window into the human side of the Battle of Anzio. They remind us of the terrible cost of war, but also of the indomitable spirit of those who face it. In the sober light of post-war reflection, the Battle of Anzio has often been a source of analysis and controversy, with military historians and veterans engaging in passionate debate about its conduct and strategic value. Central to these debates was the role and decisions of Major General John Lucas his hesitation to advance immediately after the initial landings at Anzio is considered by some as a missed opportunity. Critics, including Winston Churchill, suggested that a more aggressive push could have taken Rome and disrupted the German defenses sooner, potentially shortening the war. Lucas, on the other hand, believed that he was outnumbered and outgunned, arguing that a more cautious approach was necessary to establish a firm beachhead and prevent a disastrous counterattack. Lucas's defenders, including his men and some military analysts, contend that he made the best decision given the circumstances and information available to him. A related controversy revolves around the higher strategic command. Some argue that the overall Allied strategy was flawed questioning the diversion of resources to the Italian front, which some considered a sideshow compared to the main events unfolding on the eastern and western fronts. Others, however, counter that the Italian campaign, including the Battle of Anzio, tied up significant German resources and kept them from being deployed elsewhere, contributing indirectly to the successes on the other fronts. Finally, there's the debate over the value of taking Rome. Its capture was indeed a propaganda coup, and it boosted Allied morale, but it had little strategic impact on the larger war effort. Some suggest that the resources and lives expended on capturing Rome could have been better utilized elsewhere. Despite the controversies, there's no denying the courage and resilience of the men who fought at Anzio. Regardless of the strategic debates, their sacrifice and heroism stand as a testament to the human spirit in the face of adversity. Through the lens of post war analysis and controversy, the Battle of Anzio serves as a profound study in military strategy, leadership, and the human cost of war, offering valuable lessons for future generations. The passing of time has not dimmed the memory of the Battle of Anzio. Modern remembrance, far from the heat and noise of the conflict, brings with it a profound sense of appreciation for the sacrifices made and the lessons learned from this pivotal chapter of World War II. In Anzio, a peaceful coastal town today, the echoes of the battle can still be felt. The Sicily-Rome American cemetery stands as a solemn testament to the many American soldiers who lost their lives in the Italian campaign. Row upon row of white crosses, 7,861 in all, are laid out with quiet dignity, each one a poignant reminder of a life given in the name of freedom. Every year, veterans, family members, and history enthusiasts visit the cemetery in the nearby Anzio Beachhead Museum. Through photographs, artifacts, and personal narratives, the museum tells the story of the battle and the men who fought it, ensuring that their sacrifice is not forgotten. The story of Anzio is also kept alive through literature and film. Works like Anzio, a 1968 war film, and Fatal Decision, Anzio and the Battle for Rome by historian Carlo Dest, bring the narrative of the battle to a wider audience, inviting reflection on the cost, complexities, and courage associated with it. Finally, in the corridors of military academies and strategy think tanks, the Battle of Anzio continues to be a subject of study and debate. Lessons drawn from the battle, its triumphs, and its tribulations shape the thinking of a new generation of military leaders, reminding them of the immense responsibilities that come with command. As we remember the Battle of Anzio today, it is with a sense of humility and gratitude. Humility for the scale of the sacrifice made by those who fought, and gratitude for the freedoms their courage helped to secure. This modern remembrance ensures that the battle of Anzio, its heroes, and its lessons, remain a living part of our collective memory.